Welcome to Create Great. This podcast series features conversations with creative people from different backgrounds, from different disciplines, and different schools of thought. Thank you for choosing to listen. This podcast is hosted by me, David Bennett, Creative Director of APX Studio and Curator of Visual, an online showcase. The best creatives will always strive to create something great, and I wanted to explore how they go about this, what it means to them, their clients, and what it means to our wider society too. My guests are individuals whose work I've admired and often featured over the years on Visual, but I wanted to create this podcast to get to know the real people behind their creative work. I'll be asking questions about their own unique stories of how they got to where they are now, how much of it was perseverance and determination, or how much of it was just plain luck, and how do they go about creating something great? This is a chance to explore what drives these talented individuals or their studios to create great. My guest joining me today is Abraham Campiel, co-founder of Los Angeles-based Mouthwash Studio. Mouthwash Studio are a creative company rooted in narrative and built on collaboration. Their work has been featured a lot on Visual, and for me it was great seeing your work. It felt new and exciting and is a constant source of reference. I believe the first feature was back in 2020 August when it was the Wacka Wacka World Project with your good self and Ben Mingo. So just jumping in, Hello, Abraham. Nice to see you. Hey, guys. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Pleasure. So why the name Mouthwash? What, where did that come from? <laughs> uh, we, we get that quite a bit. Uh, I think it was originally intended to, to have a positive connotation. Uh, well, we, it's never forward-facing. The, the thought is, like, you know, mouthwash is something that, um, you know, your dentist tells you to do and you don't really do it. But when you do do it, it's kind of refreshing um actually on our, on our first season of, of the podcast i think on the outro it was like a breath of fresh air uh when you need it most okay. or something like that and it's kind of cheesy now that i think about it but uh but it, in a sense it's kind of grown to be a lot more than what we originally thought it to be and uh we, we actually started off as a as a magazine okay. five years ago yeah and, and now it's been more about the studio the past three years but uh, but yeah, that's kind of in totality. Uh, the name itself is actually, uh, I don't remember if it was Alex or Mackenzie, but one of them um, came up with it and, and kind of sprung onto that. That was even before I, uh, I had even become a part of it. So it's kind of cooler when we don't tell people what it is. But uh, but yeah, since you asked, <laughs> I, I, I had to I dance it. Yeah, well, I, I was intrigued by it because it is one of those names that you, you accept it. You know, it's like, yeah, cool. I, I like it. You know, it's got, it looks great and everything. So I just thought, what is there a story behind it? We get off often asked that about APX. So um, I thought I'd ask yeah. you. Um, and how big is the studio? Because it feels, you know, the work you're doing is top notch. And I just wondered how many people are, are sort of employed. I know you collaborate a lot with people and i'd like to talk about that as well but generally in your studio how many people are there yeah um going back to the name one last thing is i i think the important thing is to mention is whether you like it or not i think it's memorable and i think that's been really important in a space where we're often like trying to build identity for brands and you know even ourselves it's like it's been a really good way to kind of stand out uh specifically you know most of us are, are younger so that was, in essence, why we were like decided to stick with a name, even when we had the chance to like three years ago completely deviate or start something else um, in terms of like identity. But 
In terms of size, we are currently 15. I mean, that's like full time, which is funny to say in, in even just here because we originally started S3 and even for the first year, we were just four and then brought on Ben as a partner. And since then, it, it just feels like yesterday, to be honest, but it's, it's kind of yes. happened really fast. But I, I think, yeah, very, very proud of the team. And, you know, they're all phenomenal creatives, but also just great people. And we're all very much friends. And even just last week, uh, went out to Palm Springs and, and got to relax with them. And, and yeah, it just feels like a really good group of people, which is, I think, part of it, right? It's like the relationship yeah, aspect absolutely. and all this. Uh, I'm curious how long OPX has been has been around as well. Yeah, well, I've been there 15 years and there are people there before me. So I'm going to say, I think it's probably coming up to about 28, probably to 30 years between that. Um, always been independent. When I joined i you know it's just sort of when you know everyone had websites and stuff like that um but i was intrigued by them because it's pretty faceless no it's like who are these people and i I went for an interview got on really well with them and everything and i remember they're like so you're after a job and i was like no not really i just wanted to see the face behind the work and then anyway cut a long story short they offered me a job and um yeah became a partner 10 years ago after like a five-year thing so yeah it's, it's it's been interesting and we've gone on that thing of a bit of a uh standing out from the crowd kind of thing by doing our own typeface and and how it all works because you know you can't own a color can't own a color at all so we had a really great type designer at the studio christina and um she wanted to sort of go back home and stuff it's during that the crazy time of brexit she felt welcome at work but she didn't like the idea of people not liking other people so she she wanted to go and um we set the project for her last month to create the apx typeface so we worked on that together and that was really interesting a little bit like like the mouthwash like you kind of some people like it some people don't kind of thing and you know when you actually see it in application and when you use it it feels ownable that that as a brand in studio was like the best thing we ever did really and i love it we've got got bags and everything it's funny you bring up the site like i think and you'll understand this because i think oftentimes to work for other people when we kind of were thinking about making our own site it was like really for us (laughs) we were tired of like doing pdf so it's like okay we're gonna make it a very simple thing for like really more so creatives than anything and and uh, even clients to a degree with this latest update but yeah, I think I think sometimes it is nice to just kind of, if you have that ability to just make things for yourself and, and have fun um, and make sure that your personality is in them. Oh, absolutely. We get told all the time by like UX heads that like, you know, it should be this way and should be that way. But I think, you know, we're always going to try to like uh, deviate if there's times that we need to break away from rules because yeah, um, it, it, otherwise it's, you know, we're just robots. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, well, I was interested actually in your sort of approach to it because obviously you talk about collaboration is important and everything. You know, everyone everyone says that, but I've noticed that you use a lot of outside uh, independent sort of you know programmers and stuff. And I was curious about that rather than having it in house. Yeah, that's. I would say that's probably the only thing we won't take in house. And I think the reason being is a they're extremely expensive be there they kind of work on their own pace and they're very creative and they like freedom and to take them away from that i think doesn't seem fair or just like you know sometimes our projects 
like or six months or a year and you know they'd have to be working on that and then they have to stay fresh and, and continue to be working on a lot of things and that's not to say that you can't do that in-house but i think for us it just makes sense uh, both for them and for us to approach each project with a clean slate and see who is best for for that specific project you know if it's a webgl versus an e-com project you know we maybe need it to do different things or they might yeah. specialize in shopify and we really don't need them. It's a waste of their, you know, kind of yeah, expertise. Yeah. So it's it, it's kind of dependent, but we've been kind of lucky. And, and I don't think we'd be where we are, to be quite honest, if it wasn't for those relationships, which, you know, were, were really fundamental to get us, you know, from point A to point B to point C and continuing. So, yeah, I can't say enough about people like Jason Bradley, uh, Rafa, uh, Tim, so on, so on. Ari, like it, it, we've we've gotten to Adrian, who is who's in the UK as well, who actually dev our site. I'm sure I'm forgetting some because we've worked with so many at this point. But sure. um, yeah, and did you find them, or once you was it one of those things? Once you got your work out there, and you know, I, I think what's amazing, Abraham, is that you've established a, something, and that's why I really wanted to talk to you in such a short amount of time. It's for me, it's like. You guys feel like you've been going for about three years or so, and it's like boom. Then it's like okay, all this great work. <laughs> and I thought, did you know? Are people constantly sending you in folios and stuff like that, like developers and stuff, saying you know, just hit me up when you when you're ready? Yeah, I mean, I think when we first started, we were honestly just so hungry. We were pushing out so much work. Like, I mean, we're we're still pushing out a lot of work, but I think the first year we always joke around. We were pushing out like a website a day. It felt like. And we laugh about it now, but we were just like, oh, my God, like, how is that possible? And it just goes to show, like, that, you know, we really kind of started from ground zero. Uh, but we, we did so intentionally, too, because I think we believe, like, strategically that, you know, you, you put out, you know, what you believe in and what you, at least aesthetically and, and from a design mm -hmm. standpoint. Uh, and you're hoping that that attracts the right type of clientele you're hoping that people will then see that and want that made for them in, in in a similar fashion that also coincided very much with the pandemic where everything kind of uh, expedited digitally like e-com shot up like so all these all this to say i think kind of has lended for a, a quick growth um at least yeah. from the outsider's point of view but we've been doing this before we started mouthwash we were all working at other studios so i wouldn't say it's like we just kind of were like fresh out of college like you know yeah. there's four partners myself alex uh mckenzie and ben and we all were kind of uh working for other people i always say learning on their dime and then kind of uh had the guts to just kind of eventually try to do this on our own and you kind of reach a point when when you're working in in other studios that you want you want to have ownership you know i'm sure you felt that way after working for so long then they offered you partnership right so that's right. i think that's quite important um for us as creators is to is to kind of have that sense of ownership and uh, no better way to do that than to, to start your own studio absolutely and it's a real show of sort of self-belief isn't it like that you guys can do it and i think when you do partner up and do it great things happen so that's brilliant and as i said um a lot of the podcast is also finding out about your background and how you got into it. So if we go back to the beginning, Abraham, you know, what really inspired you and, and attracted you into design? And those are those inspirations different today than they were? Or have they always been like a constant? My background is actually more specifically in art direction. 
I think. Right. Uh, so our studios, we do design, our uh, creative direction and strategy. Sometimes people just come to us for one, uh, but we believe that they, in kind of holistic work, and I'm sure you guys have probably felt similarly when you get a brief with <laughs> absolutely yeah. no strategy uh, or no I, no vision, no like real like, why are we doing this? But that yeah, that's a bit of context on my end. But I think when I originally started, and from Texas originally, Dallas, uh, which right. you, you, and you guys are in the UK, so you might not be as familiar, but that's in the south of mm-hmm. uh, of the US and, uh, you know, far from like a tech capital uh, by any means. But uh, but I grew up, you know, watching Mad Men and I, and I grew up wanting to do like creative work and, 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 and that sort of stuff, uh, which which sounds funny to say. But, you know, it, it, you see in some of that stuff, you're like, oh, that, that looks like fun. Or like, you know, you know, you, you see ads and you're like, oh, who does that? How do I get into yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, spend long enough time. Uh, people tell you it's marketing and <laughs> and then you spend enough time uh, and you find out that that's not actually uh, what it is. Uh, but I think to like a naked eye or more, more pedestrian level, everyone just kind of bundles things into marketing because, you know, we're working with brands. So I, so I went to start to get a degree in marketing, almost finished and then said, actually, this is not fun. Uh, and, and sort of deviated and literally spent another extra two years to work on getting a degree in art direction, more so specifically in advertising, uh, because right. traditional advertising is art and copy was really fascinated by that but you know being younger i'm 29 now even though i have a baby face uh (laughs) but (laughs) you know that that was about almost 10 years ago now kind of got plugged in and uh started a job at a place called richards group which is a very like old traditional again madman type place but also saw an opportunity to you know social media was starting up and also technology and websites even you know we were going from web one to web two about 10 years ago buzzwords back then were like digital and strategy and ux ui and like uh (laughs) uh, we've come quite a bit of ways but that's kind of how it all started is is just wanting to make uh creative work at the time i really didn't know specifically what it was i just knew things were kind of going in kind of a digital direction um Mm -hmm. and i wanted to be a part of that and was very very privileged early on to to find myself working for a large agency that you know had big clients and you know one thing led to another eventually moved out to California met Ben met Alex you know everything kind of falls into place but I think originally at at, at its core I just wanted to make creative work and I didn't care what it was I, you know, I think I, I I had done enough spreadsheets to know that that's not what I wanted to do no, no, definitely. And I think you made a good, good choice there. Very good choice. Um, so how did you meet Ben and Alex and McKinsey? Was it a chance encounter or, or was it like a a friend of a friend kind of thing? How was that? What was that connection? Yeah, so I met Alex and McKenzie about five years ago uh, when I first moved to California through a job. And, you know, you do enough work and then someone's like, hey, I want you to do it for me and I'll move you out here. And, you know, yeah. eventually moved out here. Exact same thing had happened to Alex at that same time. And then, you know, kind of introduced me to Mackenzie and, and told me about this magazine that they were wanting to start off. And, 
you know, a podcast as well. And, and so we did that for a few years, but in that same time had also quit the job that, uh, that had taken me to California because it didn't really align with the owner and, and kind of their business model. And, you know, it was, it was one of those, you know, I won't say the name, but like just really high turnover rate type place where they just take on really cheap work and do it really fast and just kind of goes a grain of what I believe is necessary to do good work. And, you know, was doing some freelance work for a basic agency down in San Diego, uh, which you guys might be familiar with. Um, and and that, that is where I met uh, Ben. Um, and we kind of very much hit it off the bat. And uh, even outside of work, would take on passion projects together. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one would be in like Shalu, which is so long ago now. But uh, and then Waka, like, you know, I think we did like three Waka projects uh, in total, but, uh, yeah, it just, it kind of stemmed out of like meeting people that you aligned with and you meet, you meet so many people day to day, but like, I think there's certain people that kind of stay with you and from a, yes. from a taste level, just kind of like, are almost like soulmates, right. Where you're just like, yes. And yes. And you guys are just like throwing references and it kind of like feels quite special. You do a few projects and you're like, well, let's, let's make this a thing. And, and, that's kind of how we started. And obviously Ben didn't come on till later for different reasons. I think he, he was in Amsterdam for a while, but uh, I think it was always like a conversation that we wanted to, to do something together. Um, so we were kind of like really glad whenever he decided to move back to the, to the States um, to, yes. to kind of bring him on. Yeah. We've kind of gone full circle. It's almost like we've rehearsed it, but cause that whacka whacka, or how do you pronounce it? Have I said it too? Am I saying, waka, saying waka. it the English? Yeah. English way, whack away. That was the the first time I knew of mouthwash, and that was just such a beautiful project. The interactions with it, just the art direction, the typography, the I can remember it now. The sort of muted color palette, and just the interactions, and it's like, okay, these guys are interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a fun one. It it really stemmed from just like neither of us having done a a furniture project, and us both loving furniture and just being able to like see a, a, a holistic project from like web development, design, photography, art direction, mm-hmm. also narrative, like Shin Akuda, sweetest guy, but also most talented woodmaker. Just, I think also needed a better um, digital platform to show off his work. And, you know, he's mm-hmm. over 50 years old and he's this Japanese guy that's right. been making yeah, yeah. stuff out of, out of LA for, I don't know what, 13 years now who you know just takes iphone pics and posts them to instagram and i just remember seeing them and and it just kind of like and talking to ben about it and that's kind of how it all started and uh, just simply dming him and and if, if that project just shows anything and then we also brought tim russellini i i also don't know how to pronounce his last name that well but okay. um it just goes to show like bringing the right people uh together and and also just there was just like an overall sense of positivity and passion to that project that we we didn't quite know it would ever you know get as big as it did like you know even just seeing it on the apple keynote last year was was great that's right yeah it is on the the ipad wasn't it when they launched the ipad yeah did you did you even know about that or was it like you just saw it did they give you a pre-warning or yeah so they reached out to to shin um just because it's legally a site and mm-hmm. 
he was like, should I do this? I, I don't know. Apple's like reaching out to me. They're like wanting me to sign a contract. And I'm like, yes. Like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> definitely like no doubt. Uh, but he had just no idea. Um, uh, it, it was, it was quite like awesome experience just to see the reaction from the design community, uh, to be quite honest. Cause it was one of those that like people had, had seen, but then to see it in kind of magnified to a larger audience was really cool. And it felt like a, like kind of like all our friends and design community was like celebrating <laughs> with us, which, which is really cool. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was amazing. I, I thought that was really, really clever. Well, it's really great to see it. Um, and just really Abraham. So just speaking for yourself, what do you find the best part of the project? You know, is it winning? Is it approaching someone? As you, as you mentioned, you, you approach it via sort of DMing or is it the initial concepting? What's the bit where you go, this is great. I can move along the bus now and do something else. Yeah, I, I think for me personally, it's 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 always the beginning and the end of a project, which maybe is a bit of a cop-out because it's technically two parts. But, but I think they're equally really fun for me to be a part of uh and just being able to like at start so we just try to like connect things whether it's bringing on the right people or a developer the right references kind of like threading them and then at the end i think it's quite fun to one thing that i'm i'm really proud of our studios the way we present things and we really do take the extra step to to make sure that we're like constantly trying to challenge ourselves in the way we we show things and also presenting things that we believe to have value so that the user or that the viewer may be able to understand that we always joke internally, like if people only knew how long sometimes we take <laughs> for like laying out an Instagram post or like, uh, yeah, it just, it, it, it's some of those things that like we don't have to do, but I think we, we definitely geek out because we care and, and we have fun too. Brilliant. Brilliant. Right. I wanted to talk about the brand identity. Obviously um, big, over here in the UK and bigger global, uh, great, great site. That was a real like, okay, stepping up the game with Elliot and stuff. And I just wanted to sort of just talk about that really. Was that something, you know, he approached, was it a bit more of a free reign? Just go for it guys. I was really interested in that when I, when it launched and I saw you guys behind it, I thought, ah, uh, uh, I'm going to have to step up my game now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Elliot's, just first and foremost, like the nicest guy, like mm-hmm. seriously. Um, he, it, it meant honestly a lot that he reached out to us. Like he had featured us a few times. Uh, but you know, that was over a year ago and, you know, relatively like still young studio even now, but he features studios for a living and curates the best. And for him to reach out to us meant a lot, even at that stage that we were in. It was also very nerve wracking. Like, how do you brand the brand identity? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think we all like were really excited when we got that brief and like was like immediate yes. And first thing we did was reach out to Adrian Picard and and, uh, and see if he was available and interested. And, you know, stars aligned and we had fun with it and in a way also designed that site for ourselves because we use it quite a bit when we're always looking for inspiration or just to see what's what's going on within the industry so we had a lot of fun with it and, and hope people like enjoy using it um because mm-hmm. i think it was relatively time for an update based on kind of where elliot had wanted to take the the brand identity to for, for the next few years yeah great yeah no it's really 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 beautiful to see and great execution 
I've also got a note here about T-shirts because you do your own merchandise. Is that is that part of the passion project kind of thing, or is it just something you, you guys want to do because they're very nice? It's again kind of separate from the the studio and more so just kind of on the editorial. But it, it is it is fun to do those, um, although we don't do them as much as we used to because we're now getting asked to do them for clients. So <laughs> it's kind of one of those things that we'll do more sporadically. Just don't ever want to do it, overly do it. So that it starts to feel like too much like work, um, yeah. which I'm sure you guys can attest to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I like to do the quick fire round. I must apologize because my, um, it's slightly easier with, uh, UK based or European. Uh, I'm not, I'm not au fait on the American culture kind of thing. So, Bear with me on this one. All right, quick fire. Coke or Pepsi? Neither. Really? What do you have then? What? You... Um, I yeah, I, I I'd say Dr Pepper if I'm being honest. Do- ah. If if that says anything about the the Texas in me, then that's Dr. Pepper. That's all, that's all you need to know. Ah, we didn't research. We didn't research. Apple or Android? Apple. Here's one for you. It might be a bit too print-based and stuff, but David Carson or Milton Glaser? Carson. Surf or skate? I actually am not good at either of those, but but I would say skate culture is a little bit more up my alley. Okay. And then print or digital? Digital. Perfect. Brilliant. So – we have a mantra sort of at OPX and it came up well really just during that lockdown about, you know, how do you keep the creative continuity and doing the best work when you're sort of stuck behind these screens as we are today. And um, this sort of mantra of create great, everything we present, everything we do, everything we talk about similar to you has to be great. We just don't put rubbish out there. You know, we don't, we're not about getting working and, and, churning it out it's all about being the greatest thing out there and that helps raise the bar for the creativity and that's the reason we do it if there's one thing that really motivates you personally and to mouthwash you know what is that and has there been a greatest moment when you've gone that's it yeah i think before i answer that question i wanted to touch upon something that you said about like wanting to strive to just like do great work and i think one thing that always reiterate um when we're talking to potential clients is we're not in the business just to do service work so oftentimes people come with you uh like we do creative work so they'll they'll come to you and be like hey i need this i need this and this i'm like that's great but you know it's a two-way street so like we have to make sure that it makes sense for us and we really have to be in a place where we can do our best work you may suffer a little bit at the beginning by trying to like position that um and and it might not be what they want to hear but ultimately it's the best for both parties so that's something that I, I very much agree with and, and wanted to make sure was communicated in case anyone was out there listening and, and wondering like how we get to work with some of the brands or projects that we get to work on. It's, we're very diligent about that. Uh, and you have to be, um, otherwise like you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll leave it and call it fate and, and, and wonder why. Um, yes. but very, very important to, 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 to kind of just start there. Um, in terms of things that I, and passionate about or motivated by, uh, I would say just kind of having a, a positive impact within the industry and also just opening up opportunities to underrepresented groups. I remember 
being in college and applying to every single agency that had an email, literally, and hearing back from none because I didn't have any experience. And uh, I'll never forget that. So I think one of the things that I'm, I'm really proud of that we've done is, is we have a diverse group and we've gone an extra mile uh, and, and you start to see it in the work too. Um, just, you know, not just race, but even just geographically, <laughs> we're pretty all over the place. We have people in Melbourne, we have, you know, two in the UK, we have people all across in different parts of the, the US too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we work with developers from all over the world. So needless to say, I, I think those are the things that I'm, I'm quite passionate about, you know, and just kind of even why we started Mouthwatch is to, to do things the right way and then let people in. So it, it's been great to see. And, and um, it's that's the kind of thing that uh, gets us continually excited to get to work. And, you know, while we've only done it for three years, it's 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 I always tell people it's like, you know, we're, we're in this for the long haul. And just by doing it right, it makes it easier. And uh, just hearing how long you've you've been in the industry, David, like, I think that's admirable, right? Like, I think it, it's, you know, some studios don't make it past five years. Most businesses don't make it past one year. So all that, like, well, at the time might not seem really important. I think definitely compounds uh, when you when you look back 15, 20 years from it. Yeah, no. Well, hopefully I'll be interviewing you in about another 15 years and you look like me with all this gray hair. <laughs> And then you'd be like, oh, now it, now it makes sense. No, it, it is great. And, you know, we've built a great team. Um, we get complimented on the team and everything else. And it's a cliche to say it's like a family, but we, you can't, you kind of know when some, something might be slightly off and you kind of just speak to them yeah. or they can feel free to come to us. And, you know, if they want to do something, it's like just go and do that kind of thing. Has there been a bit of advice that you've sort of stuck to and or someone said something to you early years or it could be a client or anyone that you hold on to and you actually pass that on to someone else? Because I always think it's interesting for up-and-coming designers or even old designers like me to hear of things like this. Mm, I, I think there's a lot, to be honest. Uh, right. We have quite a bit of them on our culture manual, which is it's almost like a insight into the studio and, and kind of our mantras uh, for me specifically, I've been told I'm a challenger. So I always try to like pull the best out of people. Uh, that's sometimes not immediately the most uh, popular thing uh, in a work environment, but people are always grateful. Uh, I always tell people when they're starting off and, and we're kind of bringing them in to, to work hard enough that they're not going to accept mediocrity. Uh, because as you know, people are looking at us at our work and at us uh, with the magnifying glass. So, uh, mm-hmm. We're just very intentional about why we're doing things and the effort that we're putting onto them. So I think, yeah, that that's something that I consistently remind myself to is, is you know, why we're doing this and putting in so much work uh, that, you know, uh, we're not okay to just like let something be mediocre or at least hope to ever see the day where uh, I see something <laughs> either on Instagram or Twitter that we release or on awards and that it's, you know, kind of haphazard or maybe feels lazy or, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And do you enter lots of awards and stuff? Are you one of those studios or are you just happy to do it for yourself kind of thing? Awards are always a, a, a tough one for, for us creatives. Yeah, it, it's it's gotten tougher, to be quite honest, but we've, we've tried to bring on people to help us. Um, but we, we honestly don't. Like we'll submit to like awards, but that's pretty much it. And, you know, a few publications like, you know, like y'all's is 
is one that we'll reach out to because we we respect the curation and we know that mm-hmm. there's a, like a level uh, of fidelity there. So if we, if we get featured there, you know, it feels great. But I think uh, one area that we could probably be better is like maybe submitting to some of the larger ones like Webby's we've never done yeah. also because they're probably more expensive. But, but yeah, I, th- I think, you know, the ones that are easier to access mm-hmm. um, and that have a, a good sense of like the community, I think, we've just naturally been more attracted to than maybe say some of the larger ones. So um, has there any been anything that's gone wrong? Like you, you've been, you've been at a pitch or you've done a presentation, you're feeling good about it. Then something just goes, there must've been something. No, we've never had anything go wrong at our oh. studio. Are you thinking of other <laughs> studios? Uh, no, I mean, st- stuff goes wrong all the time. Um, mm. Are you like speaking specifically like one that comes to mind? Oh no, just like if you might have been in a presentation and you think you've nailed it, and then it goes it goes off. There's something it's like oh no, what we wanted was this, or you haven't encapsulated it. Yeah, the the most bizarre moment has come, and it has not been beaten yet. Is we were in talks with uh, a potential client and. Everything was going great. Uh, they were stoked. We were stoked. They're like, yeah, send over the SOW. They had agreed on budget, timeline, everything. Uh, we'll sign it. And then we never heard back from them. And we were like, do, do we miss anything here? Like, what? Yeah. your last email was, yeah, send it over. And that was like just quite odd to just, yeah. Um, and at the time too, I think it was our first year in the studio. So we were kind of like, it was a bigger impact for us so we were just like really bummed about it um i would say that would probably be like the biggest what the fuck moment um (laughs) i still can't believe that happened even to this day you're probably thinking about it you might never know you might get an email today or something saying right you can go ahead on it we laugh at it now but uh but yeah i think you also i think as, as you do more of these you start to get really good at like filtering like who's bullshitting and, and, and who's not. And it, we, we don't really run into that anymore, but every now and then, you know, we don't really pitch, but sometimes we'll make exceptions and we'll think we, yeah, we want it. And then uh, you just never know. But, uh, but again, that's probably why we don't like to pitch. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's the curse of the industry pitch and we tend not to pitch. We say it's not a beauty parade, yada, 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 you know, goes back to your point. Everything has to have a strategic direction or else it's just that beauty parade and stuff so i'm going to kind of wrap it up there abraham because i know it's super early for you and this has been one of those uh interviews i wanted to do but i think certain things haven't aligned and i think we're going to do it literally the day after your birthday (laughs) and it would have been eight o'clock in the morning so i (laughs) i think we logged on i was like hold on there's no chance why would you even entertain that idea so I'd, I'd just like to say happy birthday for a couple of weeks <laughs> ago yeah belated happy birthday and stuff and i think 29 doing what you guys are doing it's it's that was the drive i was like how the hell have you done it at that age it's it's brilliant and i think is hopefully it'd be inspiring to younger and older sort of creatives that just go for it and i think that's that's kind of what you've done me and ben are the old ones too so Ben's thirty up twenty nine. We're the we're the old ones. 
um, which, <laughs> which you know, which is funny to say. But uh, but yeah, thank you guys for giving space for conversation and also just being so supportive of us in the studio since day one. Like I think you guys have have been such a beacon of positivity, and uh, we hope to continue to keep in talks and and we'll we'll always be uh, annoying you guys with submissions. Um, but uh, but yeah, thank you guys. Thanks ever so much, Abraham. It's brilliant meeting you. And uh, we wish you well. And yet, keep on submitting and doing a great job because it's it, it's definitely setting the bar nice and high. Oh, before we go, what are the studios that inspire you? Oof, there's so many. Um, Joaquin, uh, I remember that like that tweet blew up. Uh, but it was it was really cool to see that tweet uh, because he like referenced. I remember the question was like, what are your favorite design studios are there any newer younger studios that have emerged in recent years like mouthwash seeing that tweet i think was just i don't know really really cool because it it, it more so speaks to like you know the community really valuing the work that we you know we're we're doing i would say http dot eu who's uh made out of tristan and thomas hervey um they're they're uh, in France, but do phenomenal work. We actually did a project with them uh, for the Utah Jazz. Uh, Modem Works, who's uh, based in Amsterdam, um, I would say is doing some really, really interesting things um, in, in the AR space and just more so spatial design. Uh, Porto Rocha in New York, uh, yeah, yeah. made out of two immigrants. Um, they're also kind of in that same world as us. Uh, mm-hmm. Big fans of the, the work that they're putting out. Uh, waf uh, dot gmbh uh, so I think it's based out of uh, berlin uh, uh, they do really great design uh, there's again so many but i think those at this time are the ones that immediately come to my mind i'm sure i'm forgetting a lot of great ones so i hope no one takes offense no no i'm sure i'm sure that i'm sure they won't and i just think it's interesting just hearing those new names and stuff and Porto Russia, fantastic the vivo work when that that system behind it was just like stunning really really nice really nice but that's interesting i think it's it's good to see maybe that new generation of creatives coming through so i'll be googling a few of those also just you know selfishly it's cool to see other brown people uh in the industry yeah, right to, you know um it's, it's it's something that i hope we continue to see uh also mckenzie is uh you know always speaks on this in great fashion but even just more female designers yeah uh, you know she's so much of the work that you guys see she's she's doing and she's touching uh she her and ben are, are the two best designers that i know and mm-hmm. um a big reason of like why we started the studio is 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 to to be able to build the system to where we can kind of share that out more so broadly kind of in in the studio entity but definitely wanted to, to kind of just say that too yeah no it's brilliant and i think that's you know the, when you mentioned about the underrepresented groups and stuff like that it's it's brilliant, and I think our industry has quite a bit to answer for. Um, we're, we're trying to change it internally ourselves with diversity and, and all that stuff and giving back to sort of um, other society. And what's been interesting um, is that we're actually trying to, instead of sort of getting interns in, we do get interns in, is actually mm-hmm. get school students 
because that's kind of how I started. When I was at school, someone was like, you should be a designer. I was like, no idea what that means. And I got a bit of work experience at uh, probably 16 years old. And I thought that was really interesting that, you know, kids who might not be able to go to college or university and stuff like that almost see something in them for them to aspire to at least become a creative that, you know, there's so many, you know, art direction, creative direction, coding, there's so many different things you can do. Mm-hmm. but try and get them before they have to make that decision of, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And we've done it about four times with, you know, uh, like locally to where I am in sort of, uh, South London, getting students, you know, all different backgrounds, really young, kind of coming in going, what the hell's going on? <laughs> actually, we what was it? We had, had one in and we set them the brief about um, pick your favourite artist and stuff, you know, um, it was Do- uh, Dojo Cat um, was her favorite artist. <laughs> and I was like, I've, you know, I'm knocking on 50. And I was like, I've never, never heard of the person. Let's ha- get the Instagram up. Let's talk about it. And I think she had like 29.4 million, uh, you know, followers. I was like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. But what this girl had, which was amazing, she's never really done design, but she was doing a lot of, a lot of it on the phone. So, you know, using apps to scale up type and stuff and then when she actually hit onto a computer with some help from the juniors and the rest of the design team there's a real thing about her layout and we're like just just carry on doing it if you want to do it, it you've got an understand a natural understanding and stuff so um yeah. we and we said to her keep in touch you know if we can help you get you know we're, that's what we're here for kind of thing so yeah I, I it's nice hearing young you know relatively young people like yourself kind of helping the industry and shaping it to what it should be so that's brilliant hats off to you for that yeah the next generation is really interesting and and you know i think uh while we can't change the world we can change kind of the world around us and that's something that we very much are aspiring to do and uh i think as as we continue to progress just trying to do again the same thing that you guys are talking about and Mm -hmm. kind of start with students and yeah there's so many like schools we want to partner with and eventually be, be a bit more uh, am- ambitious in, in how we help outwardly to, to kind of the next generation. But, but yeah, I think it, these conversations are really healthy and, and hopefully, you know, it inspires other people to do the same uh, because again, it could be really easy to get bogged down and, and um, pessimistic in the industry just by like being in it too long. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I think the, the, the youth often helps us stay optimistic and on our toes. Yeah, well, we're always sort of looking at the the references and the you know, call it. I don't believe in all that generation stuff, but you know that they are you know, having kids myself. Just seeing like okay, like that permanently kind of focused, plugged in, kind of aware, but always you know, always communicating somehow or the other. But anyway, brilliant, okay. Abraham. I'll let you get back to it. And thank you ever so much. It's it's a pleasure to finally meet you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I look forward to you coming back for the next one. If you'd like to find out more about OPX and how we create great, then check out opx.studio. And if you'd like some daily inspiration in your life, then do visit visual.co.uk. And if you enjoyed this episode, head over to Spotify and give us a follow.